This week's episode of Android App Addicts number 577, the boys are back in town and make uncanny predictions for 2022, and the chat room is fire. Android App Addicts, hello and welcome to our 577th episode brought to you on the 30th of December 2021. We have got the most internationally diverse set of bearded white people here and the uh, bearded white males here in the studio today. Uh, me, Ivor, I'm coming from New Zealand. We've got uh, Stephen McLaughlin, uh, otherwise known as Dor, and we've got Josh who's coming to us from Vancouver. Today's episode is brought to you by longtime Patreon supporter Charlie Moss, who's been our supporter since June 2017. So thank you, Charlie. Good to see you there. Dor, how you going? How was Christmas? Uh, Christmas was good, is what I want to say. I got some sous vide cooking hardware to make my sous vide experience a little bit easier, including some silicon covered magnets to help hold, um, um, let's just say, like weirdly shaped items down underneath the water better. I thought that was really cool. And then for my anniversary, my wife bought me a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue. Johnny Walker Blue. Don't, can't say I've ever had that one. Which is, it's a couple hundred a bottle, yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Josh, what'd you get? Yeah, so I... Uh, what did I get? I got slippers and a weighted blanket. You get a pipe to go with them? <laughs> <laughs> I wish, man. <laughs> no, it was a, it was a good, it's a good Christmas. It's uh, a bit white around these parts, and to set the record straight, I am not in Vancouver, nor will I ever live in Vancouver. Oh, my apologies, Vancouver Island. I mean to say. There you go. There you go. So yeah, it's been it's been uh, uncommonly snowy here, and uh, took the kid to the beach today and sent you guys the picture. There was ice floating in the water, which is not supposed to happen on a tropical island. Um, so I'm pretty sure you saw a polar bear floating by. Yeah. How about, how about you, Ivor? Oh, I had a lovely Christmas. We had, we had a very, uh, very, um, low key Christmas. My two older boys who live up in Auckland, uh, were spending Christmas with their girlfriends this year. Um, so we didn't see them. Uh, and, uh, we just had my mother-in-law and we had a very nice, uh, didn't we? Uh, very nice lunch, uh, which was just some, some roast chicken and potatoes and, and, uh, various salads and, of course, the main event in my house for Christmas is dessert, and um, we have uh, lots of more dessert than we have uh, main meals. So there was a huge, uh, a huge feast of dessert basically in the middle of the day, and uh, slept pretty much most of the afternoon. Yeah, uh, the one thing I got for Christmas that I wasn't uh, intending on was getting COVID. Um, hmm. I, and and I'm still not sure I have it because I can't get tested. I tried scheduling tests as soon as I can get my test done is six days from now. Um, because it's gone crazy up here. Um, is that because but, of demand for the testing, or is it? Yeah, demands went off the charts right. up here. Um, so what happened was the governor just announced free um, drive-by testing in two places starting, I think, tomorrow. So I might get tested tomorrow. Uh, and I cannot go back to work until I have a negative confirmation test. Um, so I might like take me a week to get a test done. I was going to say, sounds like um, a good reason not to get tested. <laughs> right. So my wife... Hacking, coughing. My uh, son, uh, two nights ago, like 3 a.m., just wouldn't stop puking. Um, we went to my sister-in-law's house last weekend, 
half at least half of the house uh coughing and sick and the two um kids they were able to get tests and they did come out positive for covid so that's what i got yay um all i got really is a headache non-stop all day headache and some body aches um but that that's the worst of it which if that's the worst of it i'm fine with that yeah i don't need anything worse well I'm, I'm, there seems to be quite a bit of you got josh i was gonna say there seems to be quite a bit of uh illness going around we've been sick up in these parts as well and some friends are are sick and i mean it sounds maybe even worse than what you've got just chronic coughing and congestion and runny nose and fatigue and body aches so i mean it's it's a pretty bad flu of some kind so get healthy everyone that's out there vitamin d and zinc and vitamin c and i don't know johnny walker blue yeah it's been to help something like that yeah well you know you gotta try something so um no android related things were given out anywhere this christmas that i can think of uh yeah no uh, but the news circuit does seem to be, I'll say, more active than I would have thought this time. Even though C- uh, CES is like right around the corner. Yeah. Um, folding phones seem to be a big thing in the news. Well, I mean, you know, people won't shut up about them, yet they don't bring the price down low enough to where it will be like almost commonplace. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know what it's going to take or for them to literally come down to like $300, $400 price tag because that's how you can make it to where you're okay buying it for your kid. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Not a $1,400 phone. Really only one player in the market, though, and that's Samsung, and they're always going to charge over the odds. So Oppo, Reno, and you get some of these chi- cheaper Chinese models coming in, and I think uh, Oppo's just recently come out with one. Um, yeah, the Oppo Find N, which I will say it's a little bit of an unusual form factor size, but um, I'll say this. I don't think standard form factors is where you're going to win. I think you got to be something a little bit different kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, more than a couple of them in the last couple of weeks announced they're coming out with more, you know, third and fourth generation foldables, including um, ZTE, I want to say, wasn't one of them. And, if, you know, one company knows how to do stuff cheap. It's ZTE and um, Show Me both know how to do things cheap because they do such large numbers of devices and with such slim margins, you know, they can afford to put out a phone and only make, you know, 10% off of it. Is that, is that, ZTE, is that similar to ZTE? Yes. Okay. Cool. Quite similar. Just checking. Um, uh, the other I'll thing that's been a... big in the news, sorry, uh, oh. is um, the uh, three the AR glasses. Uh, if you're uh, on our Voxer chat, and by the way, you're all invited to uh, join us on that. We've got a, if you want to download and install Voxer, you can join the AAA chat there. Um, we've been talking about um, AR glasses. So, Josh, what do you reckon? You getting up here? Uh, you're assuming that the ones I have on are not already. <laughs> Touche. Um, well, you sent, uh, you or Dor sent the, the two links today, um, and they both, look, the Oppo ones look terrible, and the Huawei ones, all it was, was a pair of glasses where you could remove the, the lenses in the whole front and replace it with another one, it looked like, so... I don't even know if those are AI glasses or anything else. I think they're just fashionable glasses. You can change the color. Yeah, I think I sent through a thing today about uh, Google is revisiting its its AI glasses. Now that Oppo's uh, also doing something there. Well, the Google stuff never went away. It went away from consumer shelves. Mm-hmm. Uh, supposedly, there was more than a couple industries where they they kept buying thousands of them at a time because it made it very easy to onboard people and train them 
to where you could see what you're supposed to do and keep both your hands free to do your job. Um, Google never let out what industries they were, where they had those glasses or not. But um, so they've been doing a lot of work. They've been doing a lot of refinement with their stuff. Um, I'm a firm believer AR is where the normal blokes are going to jump all over it and want it partially because they, I swear, people are infatuated with the idea of just walking down the street and saying, hi, Jim, and boop, Jim, 34, male, hot girlfriend, you know, likes Budweiser, you know, or, you know, stuff like that. Or, you know, incarcerated three years, state pen, you know, kind of thing. Um, I, I, I truly believe people want that kind of seamless pop-up information wherever they go. Um, I will say, I can honestly see one place I can still see AR being incredibly successful is the tourism industry. You're down in D.C., you want to take a tour, but you don't want to be around people. You don't like people. You rent these AR glasses, and the AR glasses basically tells you, walk up here, turn left. That's where this guy was shot. Keep walking, turn right. This is where this other guy was shot, you know, because <laughs> it's D.C. Um, I thought that was Baltimore. So I, well, Baltimore, too. Um, but I do think these AR glasses are going to find some kind of niche. But I think it's only going to be a niche. I don't think it's going to be where everybody has them on. I, um, and I will say the um, um, Honor ones, you, you didn't catch it. It's not a set of glasses. It was basically a magnetic thing that clips on existing glasses or sunglasses, oh. and it's just one lens. Oh, okay. Um, so they're just trying to be like an add-on to glasses. And the um, and then the um, no, that was the Oppo. Ones. Yeah, yeah. The Honor ones, I tried to grok it as well, and I couldn't. Tried to what? Sorry. Grok. Completely understand. G-R-O-C-K, Grok. That's what Grok means. And I love the fact that last year when I sent that word to an email to my son's English teacher, the English teacher re, re, uh, reapplied. That is the first email in my career I've ever had to stop and look up the definition of the word. Touche, sir. Good job. <laughs> um, you should be you know, an English I teacher. I keep saying that word just to sound smart. Um, but yeah, the... Um, so the honor ones, I want to take a little bit of a closer look at. I will say the idea of interchangeable lenses, I think you'll get the bougie people loving it oh, yeah. because you can switch your colored frames or your sunglasses out at the drop of a dime. Um, I do love the idea of having the um, inducive, it's called um, speakers, where you don't have to have them in your ear, but in conduction. it you know, goes through your, your yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love the idea of that. I've never witnessed it once myself. I, I think I know what the I think I know what the the niche is door that you're referring to. I think it's you're walking down. Herberts. Well, there's that. No. Um, but leaving Ivor out of it, we are walking down the street and uh, and having a nice day, and you have your glasses on, and then all of a sudden Pikachu, and then you run and face Pokemon around. What's that movie with Tom Cruise? Um, where they're um, in the future and and um, he walks into a shopping center and gets bombarded with ads. Yeah, um, that was predicting the future thing with the horrible interface like that. Oh God! Oh, I'm trying to remember what it was called. It was like forecasting crime. Yeah, yeah, they they could uh, tell when when the crime was going to be committed and they'll come and come and arrest you. Oh man! Yeah, I can't I can't I can't remember seeing my life. Chat room, help us out. Uh, but yes. But yes, I, I will say, I do think that if there is going to be a pitfall, it's going to be the fact that advertisers, I don't think, will be able to not be completely on board putting ads like on the side of a blank wall when you're walking by. No, it's not a blank wall anymore. Now it's an ad for feminine hygiene products or you know something. Minority Report. Thank you, Eric. Minority Report. Thank you. 
Yeah, so well, I'm I just wondering that, that's that what's it should also. <laughs> I've, we're not very synced up here. You go ahead, man. <laughs> well, just just um, whenever I see these uh, these AR glasses, that's all I think of is walking in somewhere and then you get bombarded with all these ads in your in your eyes uh, when when you go into a shopping center or something. It doesn't does mean, appeal to me. Does that mean when you walk by a politician, it it shows who they're sponsored by? Dude, that, I still think that's a law that should get passed. Politicians have to wear suits like NASCAR drivers with all of their sponsors on it, exactly. just so we know. And um, I'm waiting for, before I buy any AI glasses or AR glasses, uh, I am waiting for like a Mr. Peanut monocle. <laughs> you can just wear around in one eye. I'll buy that one. Right. Well, I'm a, well, I, and I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't want to buy... AR glass. Now here's a, here now here's the real quick side tangent. Because Honor's coming out with these, because Google's going to come back into the game, because Oppo is doing this, because Show Me will too. That's the proof that you know Apple is right around the corner. They're not going to be first. They're never first, but they're right around the corner to where they're going to launch their own. And everybody's um, going to my look. whole well, everybody who has a hair bun or you know <laughs> the man bun something like that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but I don't want to buy anybody's AR tech that I am not an administrator of. That's my one caveat. So the only reason I'd buy a Google one is if I can root it, because I want to make sure I know where my information's going kind of thing. Because on my phone, I very um, selectively put information into certain apps and do not put information into other apps, you know, just because. Um, so me, I'm not going to get them partially because my vision sucks already. I'm sure if I have to focus in on something that far, my vision ain't going to get much better. Um, but yeah, there was also a topic I wanted to bring back up really quick from our last episode from last week because um, Josh almost nailed it, but on the wrong side of the target. Like he hit the back side of the target. He was talking about can Google take Fuchsia and separate out? And no, it actually looks like, according to a recent report, Samsung is at least researching replacing all of their phone operating systems with Fuchsia. Didn't see that one coming. Samsung. Wow. Samsung. Well, I mean, you know, they were adventurous with the old Tizen operating system and, you know, uh, they, I want to say most of their lower end watches still run Tizen. Um, I want to say they also were toying around with the idea of um, Sailfish back in the day. Uh, I believe they were the people that bought the WebOS operating system too. So, I mean, if anybody has the money in the bank to take their Android operating system and replace it with something else, I think they have enough money to do it. Oh, that'll be interesting. Um, yeah, but Samsung will be making noises about getting away from Android for a while, haven't they? They've been toying around with the idea, as we all put it. Um, they made it very clear that they wanted to own more of the system, which is why, in previous years, their Android experience was much different than all other Android phones, because they wanted to try to make to differentiate themselves. Yep. Yeah, because... I've got it. Yeah. I can, I can understand Huawei doing it, because... You know, they they have to basically diversify. Apple do it because they control the the hardware and they they, they can optimize their chips with, with their software, so they can have really relatively low powered chips uh, and, and a single um, a single form factor. Um, but with the diversity of Android and the multiple devices you've got involved, it's really difficult to um, to have a single operating system that that will optimize for for those specific hardware configurations. So if Samsung's producing their own Exynos chips. They've got their own uh, restricted uh, set of hardware. They definitely um, it definitely makes sense for them to have a look at a, 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 an operating system that can do the same as Apple. 
you know, be faster and and uh, update quicker and all that sort of stuff. Well, and be locked down as well. I mean, put proprietary, completely proprietary software in there, then you do have, and you can have an Apple type uh, ecosystem. Well, one, the other thing I forgot, <clears throat> I'm 99.999% sure. Uh, Samsung TVs, which are selling like hotcakes, all of them are running Tizen as well. So it wouldn't shock me if they part of the reason they want to change their operating system phone OS is to have better integration with their smart TVs. Because I tell you now, I'm not a Samsung fan at all. The Samsung smart TVs are the exact reason I don't want to ever buy a smart TV. We plugged in a classic game console and we spent 20 minutes trying to tell it to shut up and just spit out HDMI. <laughs> no, I'm not configuring it. No, I'm not naming it. No, just spit out. No, it took like 20 minutes to figure that out. But I will say the uh, content you can get on it with Samsung TV because there's they're so stupid. It's a Samsung TV with an app where you can watch a channel called Samsung TV. And then you load up the Samsung TV app and what it actually is, it's like 3,000 channels where quite literally you can just scroll down and you can say, oh, there's a Gordon Ramsay show, Kitchen Nightmares. Hit. And then for the next 24 hours, it's nothing but that show. Oh. And it's like all kinds of stuff like that. Um, the other one was um, A La Cuisine. Um, Iron Chef. Iron Chef, thank you, where it was nothing but like 20 years of Iron Chef on one channel. Just keep watching, I think. So I have they have their own stuff. Yeah. So they have their own stuff there that they really want to push people towards. Their TV ecosystems, the people I know with the Samsung TVs, love them, like, ridiculously. Um, massive security holes, though. They used to, anyway. Well, tell me a product that doesn't have massive security well, holes. Samsung's and I'll tell you something that's not tested yet. But um, yeah, Samsung has um, has a reputation for that and a history of doing that, producing a whole bunch of extra crap on a phone that you don't really need, which basically they've just duplicated every other Google app. Right. So it doesn't surprise and then you can't remove you, you can't remove it either. That's always fun right. when you, you just get any any product that's just full of bloatware. It's like buying a Windows computer. Yeah, I, I want Candy Crush on here. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, I mean, and uh, like, see, and I'll say this: security is one of those things. There's no such thing as perfect security. Um, if I try to stop and think, tell me something that has had great security throughout the years. I mean, uh, LastPass is one of the apps where. You know, there's no, been no major ridiculous breaches, even though right now people are saying that their master password has somehow been leaked. There's a group of people saying that, but I don't know. Um, Linux on servers has done a really good job, is what I'm going to say, better than Microsoft by far, but they're not perfectly secure as well. Um, anytime you add smart into anything, you just introduce, you know, problems. Um, like Mark Cockrell said, if you want a computer to be really secure, he's, he's going to put super glue in the Ethernet port and in the USB ports. Yeah. Then it's secure because yeah. it can't connect anything. Well, maybe security was the wrong term. I was thinking more privacy issues. So, uh, well, That's another good one. Um, yeah, I'm, well, even though I get Google popping me up all the time with the Google Opinion Rewards, I now have like 15 bucks in Google Opinion Rewards. Every now and then it will ask me, did you use... Google Assistant. Yes. Did you say one of these? Yes. Were you happy with the results? Yes. How do you feel about Google and security? Not good. And then they're and they keep asking me, "What do you mean? How do, don't don't you know that we respect your data? Don't 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 you know that we respect your privacy?" I'm thinking, "You haven't had major hacks. So yes, you're protecting my data, but you're protecting it and monetizing it as well. So, you know, you kind of lust after my data. You don't, you know, keep my data private." <laughs> Uh, one of my favorite Steve Gibson sayings was, oh, what is it? 
the S in IoT stands for security. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry, I'm slow. It literally took me a second. <laughs> it took me a second too, yeah. What? There's no S in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean, anybody should know by... Here's the thing. My sister-in-law, okay? She's not tech literate. Her boyfriend, more t- not really tech literate. Even they know in 2021, if you have devices on your network, whether it is um, your TVs, your uh, Google Home Minis, you put them on a separate network. You keep those things away from my phone and my computer. Um, so, I mean, even normal people are starting to understand that, which I think is a very good thing. Isolation of data on your own private network, I think, is step one towards actually protecting your data. Yes. Um, one of the things I remember from our last show, which was only two weeks ago, by the way, it must be some kind of record for us, uh, was that we were going to have a, a round of predictions for 2022. Um, so if, do you guys have any ideas of what's going to happen next year? Well, I was actually, yeah, I, I, I'll go first if that's okay. Um, just because what I was going to bring up while we were just chatting about that is an article that I'm going to post in the chat here, which the headline is Canada's public health agency admits it tracked 33 million mobile devices during lockdown. And I believe that there are 35 million people in Canada. Is that from contact tracing or? Um, because yeah, it was uh, just because they could. Uh, it was in the name of, I mean, it, it just came out. So this wasn't something that was public knowledge up until right before Christmas, I think. And so, of course, they it's under the guise of public safety and public health and whatever else. But they're also, yeah, exactly says big brother um but they're also not planning on stopping anytime soon either from what i can tell so no, they never will. i guess now they can't they, they never will yeah so i guess my my first prediction for 2022 is that there will be more of this there will be more more apps that it will be coming around for tracing under the the guise of of public safety public health um, whether they become mandatory or people um, just want to have them, uh, that's I think that there's going to be an explosion in in this type of. I mean, tr- this is isn't even an app. This is just tracking from some cell towers and, and data such as that. So yeah, this, yeah, this has nothing to do with Bluetooth or contact tracing. This is like infecting your router in your house to spy on you level kind of thing. So. The cell providers have to do whatever the government says in any country you live in. That's just the fact of life. So the government said, we need basically a prism-like tap into each one of your cell towers. And I'm sure the government paid for it. You know what I mean, don't worry, we'll pay you. <laughs> and then they just take all that data and aggregate it out. And your only choice is don't have a smartphone, leave it at home, or I don't know what else. Um, well, the idea of satellite phones is right around the corner. That's my prediction, if I had said. Yeah, and the, and I hate I hate to say it like this, partially because of the disruption caused by um, SpaceX, Tesla, and the satellites he's putting up. Um, he basically made it no qualms. He's doing the vehicles, he's doing the rockets, and he's doing the internet connection as a let's get things understood. So when we go to Mars, I can do the very same thing. He wants to own the internet there. How do you own the internet there? Well, you got to have practice doing it someplace else. Um. And I had to convince my one buddy who literally just retired from work. He's going back to Sarah Leone 
uh, with what they consider to be millions of dollars, you know, a couple of $10,000. Um, and I try to explain to them, no, 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 you can get the Elon Musk um, satellite internet and it will be as fast as your internet here and it will work over there. He says, no, you do not understand. I am in Africa. I'm like, no, no, no. Starlink will work everywhere in the world. That's it's, it's a global internet thing. So don't be shocked because supposedly Tesla already has researchers working on Tesla phones and those Tesla phones are only going to be using Starlink satellites, no cell towers. Um, you know, so I think that's going to be at least disruptive. Yeah. I mean, well, it, that's, I'll, I'll sign up for it as soon as it's affordable because I'm living in a rural area and, um, my internet is, is a wireless line of sight to a tower. So, um, I get a maximum 20 meg, 20 megabits down, uh, what twenty five maybe, but it's nowhere near enough. So if I, I can get a hundred from from Starlink, I'm signing up for it. Yeah, but you have a lot of other great public utilities that go to your house, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like my sewer and my rubbish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, even with Starlink, though, they'll be able to. I'm sure they'll be able to track your location. I'm sure they will, but it it's another layer of things. Um, is the way I'll put it. You know what I mean? It's much easier to walk to climb to pay a guy to climb a tower to insert new hardware these satellites are already in space it's not easy to say let me add a new piece of hardware to your satellites but what hardware would would you necessarily need though oh i can tell you when it when it came to the first level of prism where basically they it was a very silent way of siphoning off all the data they literally had to splice the line coming into one of the major backbones in order to get the data off um, because the amount of data is enormous, you know, it, it, that, that is a crap ton of data to store. So they're going to either need to put up their own satellites and then tell the Starlink satellites to also send your information to our satellites. Uh, if, if the globe is on that internet, I don't know how they're going to be able to easily get all, get all that data. Well, I mean, from I'm, everybody. Kind of. Starlink will have that data. Um, they're going to they here. he basically said. We're only going to keep any data. We absolutely need to have everything else is immediately expunged. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's fine then, because you know, if he no does, one else has ever said we, that. I know, like Proton Mail was one of the ones who was supposed to say we don't keep any logs, and nope, turned out they kept logs. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, because the Swiss government uh, told them to. Right. So, I mean, your your only solution long term, I think, might be some kind of literally local homegrown mesh network device. Yeah, I think it's pretty much two tin cans with a string between them, with with line sign of sight. Language. Well, even sign language, sight someone microwave. can see. <laughs> Friends of ours, um, they're in a really bad site location for both cell phone reception and internet. Um, they're like in the bottom of a valley or a bowl. So um, he's he's put up a mast, a microwave mast, and he gets a signal from his his mother-in-law. Um, his mother-in-law has an internet uh, as a, a transmitter on attached at her end, and she lives way across town. It just beams it across town directly to his uh, receiver. And um, he gets about, I mean, 10, 15 megabits down, but it's it's good enough for him. And he doesn't have to pay for it, because she does. <laughs> right. And, and I'll say, as far as predictions are concerned, let me just say, I mean, I don't see anything like groundbreaking or shocking or devastating. Um, we're going to keep seeing incremental price reduction, hardware becoming, you know, the low end and the high end becoming a little bit less distinguishable. Um, foldables, I think, are going to keep marching. Different form factors, I think, are going to try to pop up here and there. None of them are going to be as successful as the rectangle piece of glass. Um, you know, 
Um, I still think tablets, I can't believe they're still selling tablets. You know what I mean? But they still are. And I think Chromebook adoption with Android app integration is going to just keep skyrocketing, partially because you can get real Intel chips to run games better. And I will say um, Intel is getting on board with what's called the big little architecture type. Propeller hat time. Um, The ARM Cortex cores revolutionized computing in one significant way. Uh, They developed the big little core technology about three years ago now, where you would literally have like two cores running at two gigahertz and four cores running at like 1.2 gigahertz. And you would give the really easy jobs, the really light load things to those little processors because they used a lot less electricity or energy and they made a lot less heat which made the batteries go from only lasting, you know, eight hours to a full day's worth of charge. And that's why right now a lot of our phones are getting much longer charges off the same kind of batteries. Um, Intel announced that they're going to also adopt the big little architecture, but of course they can't call it the big little architecture because that's patented by ARM, so they're calling it something else. Where They're going to have mixed processors uh, in smaller form factors. So they're going to really hit hard on the Chromebook and the mini PC market, I think they're going to actually try once again to come back into the, into the phone market. So would that, be, would that be in competition with ARM for the... Basically, ARM is eating its lunch really bad. They need to try to compete. And, um, you know, they might make further inroads into small gaming consoles or home TVs or something, but I think they're going to try to make it back into smaller form factor computers. Oh, they... I mean, uh, they've got to adjust their pricing model, then I would imagine, as well. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, yeah, there's the last phone that they were in that I know of was an Asus Zenfone, um, which had decent battery life, but literally you could feel the back and it would literally get hot. I had that phone. Kind of <laughs> I used to have that phone. <laughs> it, was, it would get very hot and yeah, the battery wouldn't last very long. Yeah. Um, my prediction actually dovetails into that quite nicely, Dor, because what I think we're going to see a lot more of in... Um, yeah, there it is. Yeah, those is that what's heating your house? Yes. We're going to see a lot more AI on device and not in the cloud. So we're going to need um, specific architecture and CPUs that are designed to deal with um, photo processing, uh, location management, all that sort of stuff is all going to be, ha- be happening... Uh, on the device rather than somewhere else. They're going to need better processes to do that. What's that Pretty Google cheap. chip? What's that Google chip? Tensor. Tensor flow. Tensor. That's one. So is that what you're referring to? Stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, stuff what we see in Google at the moment because Google's focus has always been on the software. They've never really worried too much about their hardware. They're trying to make the hardware do better stuff with better software. So, um, you know, their they're, they're photo processing, um, pretty average on the, on the pixels is a pretty average camera, but what they can do with um, the software and the AI that they've got running on the chip, uh, able to um, produce some fantastic photos with a pretty average camera. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that work going on inside the uh, the phones themselves. So they're going to need Intel processors mm. and liquid well, cooling. If Intel could come up with, um, with a processor that uh, handles AI better than um, ARM or MediaTek, you might, you, yeah, you might be getting more Intel process, or you might have two pr- processes. One, I mean, this is what Google did with one of their phones. I think they put uh, one uh, processing unit in for um, for the for the AI, and another processing unit for the phone. So you might have uh, dual or Chimera uh, processing. Yeah, harking back to the old days of 
co uh, co processors yeah. where you would have like an Intel SE and the SE meant there was a sound there was a co-processor that that was better at handling sound and multimedia. Yeah, but if people are going to have AR devices on their eyes, best best way to handle the processing that's involved in in uh, you know AR recognition is on the phone because you're never going to be able to put that much processing power into the glasses themselves. So if you can do all that processing in the phone um, and just feed it through a, a pipe uh, to to the phones to the glasses, you know your, your hardware costs and the and the glasses are dramatically reduced. Well, that's also maybe a use case for 5G. You know, if you have yep. your, your glasses are hooked up to 5G, you can do that processing power probably. In the- well, yeah, that's where edge computing could come into play. If you have low enough latency with enough bandwidth to edge computing, you can not only do more things locally, but you can also farm it out because that's one of the things. We're back in the day, we used to have Beowulf clusters. Uh, technically speaking, a Beowulf cluster done right could do more processing in one minute than each of them separately doing the same kind of process combined. It was weird how they would do it. So quite literally, and, I would, and, and what I could see is um, Google encouraging you to have a Chromebook, to have an Android TV, to have an you know, Android tablet as well, because quite literally, why couldn't they all be on the same network and all doing the more complex tax task at the same time? You know what I mean? So Quite literally, if you're out on the road and you take a picture with your camera, it will take a half a second more for it to do its Googleness. Where if you're home with your Chromebook powered on and your tablet powered on, why not farm out the jobs to that as yep. well and yep. have it all work? If they can own that kind of synergistic compatibility between their devices, then it will encourage people to buy more Google devices. I hope that's a word. It, well, I know Weird Al has a song about it. Synergistic? Yeah. Has um, a song about so any, no, just, just about. Um, so any more per um predictions there, Josh? Oh yeah, I uh, predict that somehow somebody will implement the blockchain on your cell phone and even the network. Um, <clears throat> I don't, I haven't sorted out how that's going to happen, but that seems to be where everything is going. So uh, who knows? Maybe the the crypto factor of a blockchain is where where that uh, security and um, you know blocking off the surveillance state will come from. Yeah, I do think that more people are going to be more hyper aware of privacy and privacy issues. Is the way I'll put it. I don't know if it's going to be enough for people to actually take that leap, take that jump, and actually do stuff on their phones or on their computers to actually you know want more actual privacy because it's very easy to just sit back and complain about it. As everybody in the political arena knows, you can sit down and complain all day. You know, it's free. Um, but to actually get up and like try to say, I'm going to actually be more private and I'm going to give my money to companies that are more in that camp. Um, I don't know if it's going to be enough to like take that. Well, on a, on a small front, I guess with that is I have been hearing a lot more uh, ads for VPNs on more mainstream podcasts. So it seems like, you know, I think that the, the VPMs are VPMs, VPNs are going to be more of a, a mainstream um, topic, if not product going forward as well. Well, I, well, on the ads I hear, they, the, one of the reasons they're pushing to use a VPN, I thought is actually against um, the EULAs, which is, don't you want to watch that movie? that you can only watch if you're in in, uh, in the UK, 
well, you can use this VPN to do that. I'm thinking that's technically against EULA. Not for Netflix, sure. apparently. Netflix, from what I heard, is Netflix doesn't care um, if you're using that. Because even some of them will, will specify Netflix in their ad read of watch anime or and into Japan. Right. Well, and, and, and my like pro gamer tip to um, not have to worry about ads is launch a VPN on your phone, go through a country like Sweden, then download your podcast, and then all of the automatically inserted ads, you won't even understand the language. <laughs> Just sounds like the Swedish chef. Pork, 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 pork. And then it's back to the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You should mention that because my wife actually does speak Swedish. So I'll just then Korea, go through Korea. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I've where I know one one uh, one statement in Swedish, and it's not very polite. <laughs> yeah, I think the first thing she learned were all the um, the curse words. As you do, as you do. <laughs> yeah. Um. And like another all around prediction thing is, I'm going to start out with when we were kids, we all were able to say to each other, "Hey, did you watch that show?" And we all heard about it. We all knew it existed. We all knew what channel it was on. It was on channel 13 or channel 12 or whatever. Nowadays, the content is so completely fractured. Roku has its own devoted channel with its own exclusive content. Netflix has its own exclusive content. Amazon has its own exclusive content. Apple has its own exclusive content. Paramount Plus has its own exclusive content. And you can keep going. So it's like, we now can't just randomly start conversations with people about shows that we think are popular because what are the odds they all have the same streaming service available to us? So I can honestly see, uh, dare I say, a little bit of convergence happening again to where, okay, well, if you get these three streaming services, we'll give you a break. Instead of paying $36 for all three of them combined, you only have to pay like 24 bucks because 24 is better than nothing. Um, Last year, they kept saying experts say that there's no way we can have more than like five streaming services because people won't take it. People won't pay for that many. It's too much content for people to take. I'm pretty sure upstairs right now we have, because, you know, sharing with friends and family logins, I want to say we have six or seven streaming services up there. Boy, does she take advantage of all of them. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm the same. I've got four or five. Uh, Mainly the kids use them, but. The other inescapable fact is there's nothing really worth watching. I really struggle. Well, I mean, that's why I did like, um, I want to say it was Tubi or no, Pluto TV. They literally had a Johnny Carson channel. And I'm sorry, I can sit down and watch that. I'm fine. I would love to be able to watch Pluto TV, but I can't. It's not available here. VPN. Use promo code Android App Addicts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The problem with the VPN for me, though, is that A, it really cuts down the amount of speed you get on your connection. Mine's already. Uh, puffing as, as it is. Uh, and B, um, try and use a VPN. You can't cast it to your TV. You can't, you know, it's, it's just a nightmare to try and use a VPN um, and, and, and view anything other than on a small device. Yeah, you kind of have to set it up through your router to make it, you know, easy well, to use or to have or, another router that has oh, a VPN. Right. Or if you're worried about your own speed, instead what you can do is you can literally get a digital ocean droplet install the VPN software there to where the bottleneck will no longer be your network. Ah. So you'll get the exact same speeds coming into your network with or, or just, without the VPN. They just have to be VPN first and then they get shifted onto me. Yeah. yeah, because their speeds on places like DigitalOcean, you don't have to worry about. And I did, uh, going back to the beginning of your your uh, rant there, Dor, 
um, or diatribe, if you will. Uh, I did like how you aged yourself, too. Like, oh, did you see that show on Channel 12 or Channel 13? Like, uh, no. 13 what? 1305? 1314? <laughs> what channel are you talking about here, Dor? <laughs> yeah. On UHF Channel 45. That's right. Yeah, I mean, when I grew up, we had, what, Channel 4, 5, 7, and 13 or something like that? I'm like right outside Baltimore and DC, so we literally had two, four, five, seven, nine, eleven, thirteen, and then we had twenty, twenty-two, thirty-six, forty-five, fifty-four, and sixty-seven. New Zealand, and again, New, there was nothing to watch. New Zealand doesn't have that many now. Three, <laughs> one, two, and three. That's it. <laughs> nice. How clever! I remember when we only had one and two. Three was a new one. <laughs> Is that Nickelodeon? <laughs> No, it's just the same as one and two, really. Same sort of stuff. Different commercials. All about sheep. The sheep channel. <laughs> right. I mean, and you know, I think we're going to have <clears throat> well, the one prediction I have very feel safe in general computing. Ransomware going to go crazy. Or <clears throat> more governments getting hacked. More institutions getting hacked. More governments getting hacked. Um, um, You know, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse because there's money in it. So that's one of those absolute positive things that's going to happen. Um, another thing I think it's easy for me to predict is we're going to do more podcast <laughs> <laughs> because last year we did really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need well, to I mean, if they're if we're doing easy predictions, then I'm going to go with uh, 2022 is the year of the Linux desktop. <laughs> Listen here, because of the Steam Deck, more people are going to be ex- exposed to Linux than ever before. I no problem saying that, and if Linux, if there ever is a year of the Linux desktop, we're going to have to thank Valve Software because all the kids like games. And if they can buy a gaming machine that's not a Windows machine, they don't have to worry about getting infected in viruses and everything in air quote just works. The kids are going to gravitate towards it. Yeah, Yeah, but then the viruses will will follow. As long as it has Roblox and and Minecraft, I think it'll be a winner. Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm sure it's going to have Java log exploit to you know. log four for yeah. j log for j log for j yeah um, um you go. yeah the the other thing i think is going to become i think more acceptable like i said how family members i know who aren't tech savvy are putting their certain stuff on different networks i swear we're going to get more appliance type computers in our life whether it be stuck on a fridge or something where there's gonna be a screen or right as soon as you walk in your door, a screen right there that that's going to be connected to your home and allow you to do uh, basic stuff. Like tell Bobby when he comes in, don't forget to take the dog out kind of thing. And when the door opens up, it's going to be able to like RFID. Oh, it's Bobby. Hey, Bobby, take the dog out. man. I think that kind of thing could actually become more accepted. Smart home assistant. Um, yeah, and because of the automation stuff happening as well, um, supposedly the Apple car is still in the works where their goal is it to be completely automated to where they can make ba- basically encourage you to spend money while they take you to your destination. Yeah. Tell you the truth, I'd rather drive an orange. <laughs> I'd rather drive an ugly Tesla pickup. And man, could it be more ugly? One of the, the greatest memes I've seen in a long time was a, a little kid's drawing yeah, yeah. Of, of that pickup up on a fridge with magnets on it. And it said, Elon, age 48. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a prediction uh, based around 
what's happening in the um, with Taiwan at the moment. As you know, as you probably know, most semiconductors or like 99% of semiconductors are produced by Taiwan. No, they're not. No, no, they're not. Uh-huh. A lot of people mistake that. The manufacturing company is called Taiwan. Most of the manufacturing <laughs> is done outside of Taiwan. In China, yeah. Places most like of it's done Vietnam. in China, but no, they're owned by no, Taiwan. No, 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 it's actually not. Okay. Most of it's done in Indonesia and Vietnam and those countries. Well, as we've seen with the global... labor is super cheap. Yeah, of course. But as we've seen with the uh, supply chain crisis, um, semiconductors and CPUs, chips, are extremely strate- have become more strategic in focus. So I think we're going to see a lot more, um, maybe particularly in America, you might, you might see, uh, a lot more, um, a lot more processes being produced locally in, in countries know, that the they bad thing would is normally it, expect it. It, it. it takes years to spin up processor plants. Um, Intel supposedly agreed last year to spin up, I want to say it was two or maybe three plants, but they said the soonest they can do it is five years because the equipment to make processors is like insanely priced, like ridiculously insanely priced. Um, one of the things that I can see alleviate some of the chip shortage thing, to be honest, is risks V processors. Um, it's too deep of a rabbit hole to go in now, but the long story is a guy years ago made a imaginary processor up so he could show his students how to program towards a processor. And it grew and it became more popular and more popular and more popular till finally someone said, why ain't me making this a processor? And two years ago, they started minting these risk V processors. Um, and their growth has been insanely rapid for how short they've been out. I expect risk V processors will be able to take on a majority of low task, like streaming music into your house. You don't need big processors for that. For your appliances, like your washing machine and dryer and dishwasher, you don't need expensive processors. Risk V processors could be perfect for that kind of use task, thus allowing the fabs to make different chips, is what I'm going to say. Well, I was just about to say, I wouldn't be surprised if Tesla's working on one. And then Eric comes up in, in the chat and says, Tesla's working on one in Texas right now. Oh, yeah, they already have their own processors in their things. But the most recent generation of um, Tesla um, cars that went out have Ryzen processors in them. Because AMD, man, they're the ones right now making all the money. MediaTek are coming up fast, though. But there's only like Media three tech- players. Um, well, there's like two more in China that are doing good, but MediaTek is the one that really started out being on some really low end, yep. crappy yep. $6 Android tablets that barely worked. And then now all of a sudden they're like stepping their game up to where they're becoming respectful. I think I bought most of those tablets. I know I bought at least one <laughs> and I like just the boot up was like 15 minutes. Yeah. When it booted up the six times yeah. it booted up. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, as far as Android is concerned, I think we've definitely hit a plateau, even though I think there's still plenty of improvements they can do. Um, dare I say it's one of those um, law of diminishing returns graph where I think Google is under the impression now, if we put more than X amount of money into Android development, we're not going to see insane results back. So let's just look what Apple's doing. Let's do a little bit different. Let's do a little bit different. Let's do a little bit. Different. And then look, here's a new version kind of thing. Um, Cause I can tell you when I look at the, the last two versions of Android graphically, they look different. Kind of like putting tail fins on cars. Yeah, it looks different, but when you get into the nuts and bolts, it actually performs. I can't tell the difference. You know, the same buttons are there. This one just has more roundness to it. 
You know what I mean? This button was moved to the left side instead of the right. It, it, it's those kind of incremental improvements, kind of like Windows 10 versus Windows yeah, 11. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> it's the Windows model. Where they just, right, where they just move crap to force you to relearn it again. That's right. Okay. Well, there's our predictions for 2022. Well, I'm not done. Uh, oh, okay. Let's hear from you, Josh. One of my predictions is that we, in in a real plot, plot twist, we we find out that Eric and Ivor are actually the same person. That is, that's one of my predictions. And uh, that VR headsets will, sales will skyrocket. Oh, yeah, VR. I don't know. In 2022. Or AR, door, either or. Like just well, I mean, when was the last time you put on a VR headset? Uh, between now and never. I've actually yeah, never. They're uncomfortable as hell. Yeah, but they're, I mean, people are, it's, it's going to happen. And if you try to tell me, asking me for one every day, I'm, I'm a if, you if you're okay, if you're okay with your kid being on an Xbox or a PlayStation, okay, then you're okay with them being on the VR headset because the communities are just as toxic. Okay, I mean, though I heard words coming out of my son's mouth, I didn't think I even knew till I was like 30 years old. The word, <laughs> and he is up there screaming at the top of his lungs. You, but I'm like, the hell, dude. If I knew. If I knew they, those communities were that toxic, I would have never let you get the, the headset, period. Now get back and start reading Reddit. <laughs> it is hard. It is hard. Um, A, VR is not going away. This isn't like the virtual boy for Nintendo. That I will admit. It is not going away. Um, I do think, like, when my kid moves out, he very well might dedicate an entire room of his new place into VR. And then for that girlfriend to move in, she's going to, or boyfriend, whatever, I don't, I don't care. They're going to have to accept. That room is my VR room. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Well, they'll live in the VR room. <laughs> his his well, girlfriend will move in in the VR room. So, I mean, I don't think VR is going away. I just really question about how much more it's going to become normal behavior. Now, with COVID stuff, I heard more than a couple of people say, thanks to VR, I was able to hang out with my friends in virtual space and play bowling or whatever, stuff like that. So that was really cool. Um, I just know I can't put the headset on for more than like two minutes without thinking my neck hurts. I'm old. Get this thing off me. It's all sweaty. Disgusting. It smells funny. <laughs> my um, back and my neck. Oh, give me yeah, some of that for my cataracts. <laughs> right. Um, but I will oh. say <laughs> I think one thing that can help VR a lot, to be honest, is things like GeForce, Google Stadia, Xbox cloud streaming, all those things. The more mature those cloud gaming services get, the more you don't need to have $2,000 headset hardware and get really good gameplay. Because I've seen now, uh, it was the new Matrix game, and there was another game, I can't remember what it was. The graphics are unbelievably stunning. Like, you know, now when you go to the movies, it's, it's kind of hard to tell the line of where the special effects stop and start. It's getting really, really good. Games are also getting to that point to where you see a girl's face and it literally does look like a girl's face, not like a bunch of, you know, um, para parallelograms and triangles. You know what I mean? Polygons. Um, so polygon, thank you. Um, so we're, they're going to get really good. And that's the kind of thing that I think can draw people in because if you can't make good quality gameplay, at least make it look good. Yeah. We're all hitting to ready player one. From the sounds of it, Dor, it sounds like you'll be all in on, on VR as soon as they make a game where you can sit on a, on a porch in a rocking chair with a shotgun and just yell at kids, get off my lawn. Well, well, <laughs> well sign me up really for that. Is, all I really want is a stream deck 
with RetroArch enabled to where I can load up N64, Super Nintendo, NES, Genesis, blah, 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 and then invite my Valve friends to multiplayer games like that. GoldenEye? Man, that's you know, Mario Kart. good stuff. Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah all those games would be really good to play again for me. You know. well, I want a virtual reality version of Star uh, Space Invaders. <laughs> yeah, so and, and like one thing I hate to admit, um this year I want to say it was 11 games on mobile platforms made over a billion dollars. It might have been 8, but I want to say it was 11 games and they had one similarity between all of them. They were all free to download. And they make money off the nickel and dimes, are, the, they? The, the in-app purchases. Uh, that one, the, what's the, the big one that took over from Stardu, uh, Stardew Valley? Well, I know one of them was Genshin Impact. I know that was one of them. That is like a Breath of the Wild type game. Um, there were like two or three um, MMO games that were on that list. I want to say one of them was like a Candy Crush type game. Um, Pokemon was one of them because you can do the in-app purchases. That Here's the thing. That Pokemon game made more money last year than all other Pokemon games combined. I hate to say it. Gaming is driving our Android experiences. You know what I mean? That's where all the money's going. So people are going to keep making games or phones better for games kind of thing. Not for watching videos, not for, you know, browsing the web, not that, but for playing games. What's the game I'm trying to think of, Dora? The one, uh, I don't know, I've never even played it. But it it was the biggest game for quite a while. It's kind of along the Stardew Valley, I think, where you maybe you have an island. Well, I mean, okay, hold on. Uh, Stardew Valley. Then there was Gravekeeper. Then there was um, Simplicity. Then there was it was literally called like Crafty or something like that. But the gimmick is they all just nickel and dime you to death and make end up making billions of dollars. That's insane. Um, so when people try to say, you know, Betamax lost because of porn, um, that's not accurate. Not, that's not true. But games and mobile devices have definitely some influences, the way I'll put it. And I did verify again. Two other people were able to tell me, yes, looking at the Oculus, it is nothing more than an Android experience in a VR headset. Okay. So, and it's only 300 bucks for the low-end Oculus 2, which... It's, dare I say, almost a fair price. Now, my son it has his in a box right now, ready to ship back for RMA after having it for almost two years. He said the screen would every now and then just go black and then like three seconds later, pop back in seeing stuff. So he's seeing some hardware failure after two years. Uh, if they fix it at a reasonable price, then I think 300 bucks is still a fair price because he played the hell out of it. Yeah, that's not, it's not too grand. That's for sure. Right, because it wasn't that long ago. Like three years ago, four years ago, to have a good the uh, what was it called? I want to say Hive it wasn't Hive, it was the LG one I think, where you ha- it, it was expensive and you had to have it connected to a computer. Yeah, is that the one that the one that had you had to have a backpack? Hive. I yeah, quite literally. Vive. Vive. Thank yeah. you. Vive, yeah. <laughs> Hive. You are way off. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Animal Crossing is what I was trying to think of. Animal Crossing. Uh, yeah. Well, that's Nintendo. Yeah. Oh, is that? Oh, yeah. And you're right. Animal Crossing didn't make good money on. Well, you're right. Okay, well, we're an hour in at the moment, so should we uh, have an app or two? I okay. predict we will. <laughs> Go first, Josh. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't realize we were doing apps as well. I thought we were just doing a prediction. Door's ready. 
Oh yeah, I'm more than ready. My app. Um, honestly, I'm gonna say this. Um, a guy in Discord did invite me to Briar, B R I A R, and I did mention it weeks ago. Is what I'm gonna say. Months ago. Um, months ago. Yeah, you're right. Months ago, and I had the app installed, and I was looking around it, and I had nobody connected with, so I couldn't really tell what the app is. Since then, I did connect with him, and he invited me to another group chat. And I will say, um. From everything I can tell, this is literally point-to-point, end-to-end encryption, private chat to where, quite literally, I could put some really nasty things about Biden on there, and I'm not going to have somebody knock at my door. That's the way I'm looking at that app. So I will say I am liking the app. Um, It's one of those things, though, until it hits like a critical-type mass, uh, no one's going to use it. So if more people would be willing to use it, then I can see it actually being really... um. Nice and you know easy to find people, easy to easy to hold uh, chats with. Is that the one? That it's not associated with your phone number either, right? Uh, no, no phone number. No, ninety nine percent sure it was just I just put in a username password, and I do not think there's any way to access it off of your mobile device, um, anywhere on your desktop or laptop. And it does say, uh, if the internet is down, Briar can even sync via YouTube. A Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, and it keeps information flowing in a crisis. That part I thought was good. If the internet is up, Briar can sync via the Tor network, protecting users and their relationships from surveillance. So does it use does it use Tor under the hood? And that that's what it looks like. It says, and there are no advertisements, no tracking. The source code of the app is completely open for anyone to inspect, and has already been professionally audited. All releases of the app are um, reproducible, making it possible to verify the published source code every time. Um, I mean, it's really hard to get better than that. That's what I want to say when it comes to privacy and security. I believe this was Orion in the Discord server, which opened my eyes toward this one. So kind of like how we're on Boxer. If nobody else is on Boxer, we're only going to open it once a day for us. If more people are on this network, I could definitely see it being popular and really easy to use, really. And honestly, it looks good. It just works. Does this use a Bluetooth network? It can, is what I'm going to say. Yeah, I've got this installed, too, from the last time. So uh, if you shoot me an invite door. I remember we've we've gone through quite a few of these where we've made uh, Hello World and then (laughs) never touched it again. (laughs) Right, and it's a two-way thing. So I have to send him a unique like URL, but it's not a URL. And then once you get it, you can add me and then send me back a URL. If only one of us does it, the communication will not happen kind of thing. So you're exchanging keys, basically. Basically, yes. Exactly. Uh, I'll bring a, a suite of apps then, um, which I haven't... I've tried a, a couple of them. Uh, I'm kind of looking for... Um, they're, they're podcasting 2.0 compatible apps, basically, for... Um, for anybody that doesn't know what podcasting 2.0 is, it's basically an, the next iteration of of protocols for podcasting. Let me know. Correct me, Dor, if I'm too off base here from what you understand. But it opens up doors for like having uh, um, help me out here. When you have words on, <laughs> when you when you have words going when you're watching a show or some subtitles. Or what is that called? Transcript. There you go. Thank you, sir. We'll go with that. Uh, transcripts. <laughs> um, and 
and also one of the main things I like about it is is for funding. Um, now it also allows for chapters and search, and you can also like if there's somebody that you like, say door to door geek, you can search for door to door geek, and it'll give you a list of podcasts in which he's appeared on, whether they're his own or as a guest. But then there's also um, the funding aspect where you can stream uh, small amounts of Bitcoin and you can set it up for per minute if you want to. So every minute that you listen to this podcast, you can stream Satoshi's uh, a, a minute amount of Bitcoin to the podcast. So it's just a, a good way to give artists and, and people that are creators direct monetary value without going through whoever Podbean or I don't even know what it would be. Um, so yeah, that's, I just want to bring up podcasting 2.0 and, and, uh, and here I'm going to put in the chat. Nope. That's not the right one. The, the full list of 2.0 compatible apps. Um, I know I, I reached out to podcast addict to try to get the, the, uh, streaming part, but he said, he said that there'd be so few people that would use it that it wouldn't be worth his time or something like that. So that's why I've been looking well, at other and, ones. That and he's literally a one man show. Yeah. Well, I think, I think um, a lot does, of these I think a lot of these are though, Dor. Like they're pretty small time. Well, he does do Podcast Addict does do bookmarking. You can do different images for each bookmark. You can deep link into it. You can share um deep inside of a podcast and say, start at three minutes and thirty three seconds kind of thing. Um so the way I'll put it is, as far as I perceive it, it's not next generation. It's just another generation. None of these monetary-based things I've seen in my life have ever been successful when they integrate into a podcast. And you can flip people pennies, flip people pennies. None of them have taken off. Um, as far as I'm concerned as a content creator, this is a profit-driven revision because nothing else it, it, it offers is anything different than what anything else offers. Um, I will say I like the idea of having my podcast available anywhere um, where places like AntennaPod, you can access it on your desktop, access it on your laptop, access it on your phone ubiquitously. Um, and that is one of the 2.0 things that they do promise will be much more better is what I say. I love the idea of transcripts. I'm not going to lie. Only because once you transcript a podcast, it makes it searchable. Okay. And, you know, the very first app in their list is podcast addict um to where you can search the first link in every podcast now is go to the owner of it and you can see all the podcasts by that person um so every i think podcasting app is picking up individual parts that they like about the standard and i do think what's going to happen is there i say 3.0 is going to come out and that's the one where people are going to agree upon everything that we do because we can look at the list and we can see everyone's just picking up parts that that they like well, it's and also, chapters, I think, the easiest to, to implement, too. Right. But, like, chapters. I mean, I looked at doing chapters for my shows. Uh-uh. No. No, no. No, no, no. That's too much like work. Are you crazy? <laughs> I mean, we do an hour podcast. It literally takes me, like, 15, 20 minutes to edit and post. If I do bookmarks and all that, no, that's... Like, like 17 uh, minutes. No, that, that's like an hour and a half. Yeah. Well, it all started from the, the podcast index, though. Which is which is quite nice as well, where they're indexing every podcast in the world to have an open source list, so it's not 
you don't have to be curated by Apple. Right. You know, like before with Podcast Addict, for instance, you could, the, the best one that I found was searching through the Apple um, podcast list, whereas now I use the, the index for 2.0. And you can get statistics on how many podcasts there are and when's the last time, how many have been, how many podcasts have been um, created in in the last six months. Yeah, Android app right. addicts, thank you very much. Right, and I'll say and another prediction along with this. This is needed. Podcast index is, has been needed for 10 years, okay? Um, we have, we have community as a community, as podcasters have sat on the sideline too long without having any direction. You know, we would have feed burner, audio and other places try to pop up and help us, but it was always Apple. And, you know, here's where, you know, Apple is taking this as a serious threat is supposedly this is the year they're going to launch Apple podcast on Android. If they do that, then I think it's official that Apple sees this kind of service as a threat to their monopoly, if you will, on podcasts. Thoughts, Ivor? I will not be downloading Apple Podcasts on that. <laughs> right. And I am happy to say, looking at this list, I've tried at least 25% of these apps. I've tried I've tried a few. Um, it's, it's tough because I do like Podcast Addict so much, and the other ones I've had definitely some some bugs but they're all also pretty new and i know that several of them are very small and possibly uh one person but they're also some of them are open source so you know if you want to you can actually dive in and help out right and and here's what i can see myself doing i can see myself using podcast addict for a certain set of podcasts and then literally loading up antennapod and saying now in antennapod i want to this is where I want to support the creator app kind of thing. So I'm going to support, you know, um, uh, go to these feeds and subscribe to these feeds in AntennaPod um, and listen to it. And part of the reason why is each app has like a maximum variable speed that it can hit on a device before it starts completely glitching out like the matrix kind of thing. And AntennaPod is one of the ones where I could rarely go over like 3x before it would just start to just fall apart. Yeah, well, some of them even cap out at three as well. So that's another thing. That's another, another, uh, I'll, I'll just turn it off. The If you can't go up to five, which I don't use, but I plan on someday. Yeah. And I even emailed Xavier about his cap at five X. And as soon as I got the email back from him, I realized I'm an idiot who in their right mind is going to listen to a podcast at seven X. What percentage of people? <laughs> 0.0.1 me. And some like weird guy in Uganda or something. So yeah, what me asking him to do that is like the unbelievably selfish thing to do because no, that's not his priority. Five X is fine. Well, just put a seven on there. So it's who's gonna know? (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, um, I think we're gonna have a better year in a lot of different ways. Uh, Another prediction I'm gonna make for myself is I want 2022 to be the year where I go to more actual events anywhere, somewhere, places. Um. You know, Maryland's fine. We can make really good crab cakes, but I need to, you know, go other places. That's what you need the VR goggles for, mate. <laughs> I, listen, if I, I go up to Boston, if I go up to Cambridge, Massachusetts, A, going to get some really good chowder. Can't get good chowder in VR. And I can also go to the Mead Hall, where they have 180 different beers on tap. Ain't getting that in VR either. And you're probably not going to get crabs. Won't get crabs for Christmas. I know that. And I don't think we have any emails. 
99.9% sure. Yep, no emails except for that uh, picture from Eric. What up, I, I still can't erase that from my memory. Yeah, it's on a different computer. Can't pull it up right now. That's my excuse. Can't prove, can't prove me wrong. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to be boring and bring a game. The game is called Iboma 3. Now, um, back in 2010, I remember um, part of my job, I was given a um, an iPhone. And uh, it was an iPhone 3GS, I think it was. One of the iPhones hadn't just come out. They were a couple of years old, but I got one of the, the newer models. But one of the first games I downloaded on that iPhone was iBomber. And I spent hours playing this damn game. And uh, it finally uh, it came out for uh, Android later on, a few years later. Uh, now they've got iBomber 3. Now, the, the premise of this game is basically you're in a B-17 uh, bomber in uh, World War II. You can have a choice between being an American pilot or a, or a British pilot. If you're an American pilot, you're in a B-17. If you're a British pilot, you're in a Lancaster. And um, you basically go through various uh, theaters of war in World War II and drop bombs on things. And you get the bird's eye view while you're going along, and you have um, tanks and fuel dumps and ships and anti-aircraft installations and all sorts of things in different places. Um, the one this iBomber three seems to be focused on uh, Sicily, the Western Desert, and um, Italy. So um, yeah, I really enjoy it. It's um, it's a great time waster. The thing is, you have to move the phone to move the plane. Well, you you can play with on-screen buttons, but I like moving the phone. So you end up with your tongue sticking out of your mouth, sort of moving your head this way, moving your head that way, and going up and down. <laughs> It'd be an ideal game for a, a virtual reality goggles. Have you got the, um, you managed to get the video there, Dor? Can you get that working? No, when I click uh, the video, it says uh, this video is unavailable. Yeah, I get the same thing. It's just a shame because it's really okay. graphically a, um, a quite a great, a good game to look at. Very, graphics are very well done. Gameplay is really good. It's very addictive. Um, so we got uh, last... It requires Android 4.1 and up. Last updated May 12th last year, so it hasn't been updated for a while. It's rated for 12 plus. There's some explosions and things. No, not real, no real blood or guts or anything like that. So I don't know why it'd be 12 plus. Um, but yeah, oh, it's made in Scotland too. There you go. So all in all, an That's excellent game. 12 plus. Oh. <laughs> all in all, an excellent game. And if you're oh. looking to for a time, good time waster, this is it. Not gonna lie. When you first mentioned the game, you first said the name of it. I swore it was going to be somehow about Barack Obama. Just you know, saying. <laughs> so, um, here in the U.S., it's three dollars and forty-nine cents to buy, which I think is a very fair price. Okay. Uh, two hundred and seventy-five reviews by Cobra Mobile Limited, which is a excellent company name. Cobra Mobile Limited. Uh, four point five average reviews. Uh, it is eligible for the family library, updated May 12, 2020, 7.6 megs in size, 1,000 plus installs, current version 1.08, requires 4.1 and up, which is, you know, you know anything can run is the way I'll put it. Uh, permissions, it is asking for phone, um, photos, media files, Wi-Fi storage, and Google Play license check, which is normal, what I'll say. Cool, very cool. Is there a way to share your screen on Ninja here, Dor? Do you know? Yep. Create a secondary screen. Share screen. At the bottom. I do not see it. Uh, There's a little bar. You should see it. Icons on it. It looks like a monitor. Yeah. Is that the create a secondary stream? That's it. Yep, yep. Oh, okay. I know. You would think it would just say share your screen. (laughs) What it does is it puts you on the side with the image there. And hopefully it doesn't crash your browser. Hopefully not. 
You brought a game. Way to go, Ivor. Well, somebody better. <laughs> I'm busy with important things here. There we go. Oh, hey. You got Eric. You got 15 seconds of fame. <laughs> there we go. Now, apparently Eric has promised to send me another version of this uh, cardigan, um, which I'm very much looking forward to, but it has not yet arrived in the mail. So as soon as it does, I'll be wearing it on the podcast. Oh, yeah, because you have to go into your other room and get it because you and Eric are the same person. <laughs> well, you can clearly see we're not because he's, he hasn't got a beard and I have. Oh, yeah, because you can't grow a beard. <laughs> Very cool. Um, yeah, so no more emails, which I'm shocked we didn't get any emails. I could have swore after last show we would have got something. But, hey, eh, it's not the end of the world. But if you want to send us an email, super easy, aaa at podnuts.com. Um Want to send us a voicemail, 7076podnuts.com. Uh, last prediction of the show. Uh, I do think this coming year I'm going to attempt to start back up the Amazon affiliate code um, link. Um, we had it before. I got false reported where a guy said I was promising coupons in return for people using my Amazon link. But there's no, there's no uh, way to contest getting canceled by Amazon is the way I put it. So it's been like two or three years, so let's see how good of a memory they have and if I can sign back up. I'm going to try it. Um, any uh, last words there, Ivor? Uh, no, just um, I hope everyone has a great uh, new year and a safe new year and that uh, we see you more of you in the in the 2022. Josh, any parting words? Yeah, thanks to everybody that came out in the chat, uh, Greg and Eric and Red and anybody else that that I missed. Um, this is fun. We enjoyed doing it. And like Dor said, we'll try to make it a, <laughs> a little more schedulistic, um, cause that's a word and send some emails. That's, I mean, it'd be great if anybody is out there listening. It'd be nice to get some feedback and yeah, and chat uh, with us on yeah. Voxer as well. Yeah. Or Briar. Let's do it. Yeah. Very cool. Um, again, I want to thank everyone for downloading. Thank everyone for coming out. Uh, Eric, Greg, Red, all you guys, thank you very much for coming out. Uh, again, if you want to join us live, it's very easy. Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, or follow us on YouTube. Or um, you can follow us on things like Discord, where we try to give prior notification when we go live. Um, yeah, we're going to do more. More, better. Build back better blunder? Wait, no, that's something else. Never mind. <laughs> okay, uh, I thank everyone again for coming out, and we will talk to everyone again real soon. Hi, this is Matt from the MRP Tech Podcast. I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP Tech Podcast, on the Podnuts Network. The theme for my show is Everyday Tech for Everyday People. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology-related. You can find us on iTunes, and you can find us by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen, and let us know what you think. Music provided by Steve Cherubino at stevecherubino.com.